Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another edition of News You Can Use right here on WTIC News Talk 1080. And we've got a, uh, a great guest on our program today, actually in the house with me in person, which is so nice to be able to have that visual contact with our guest today, is Nancy Sarah. And she's the superintendent of New Britain Consolidated Schools. Nancy, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for asking me. It's always nice to come and have good conversation. Absolutely. Well, you know, historically, our agency has worked with school superintendents for probably 22 years. And, you know, um, it's interesting when, you know, my business is here in New Britain and um, I've gotten to know you. I've gotten to know the school system a little bit. And it's interesting to me how much of a target really New Britain schools has historically always been. But it seems like today it's even gotten worse. Do you feel that? Oh, absolutely. I feel that. I definitely feel that. I think, uh, you know, it's been brewing over the last five years. I can uh, actually I'm about five and a half years in. And I can tell you probably within the first six months, I started getting feelings just from some of our politicians in town that they didn't like me rocking the boat. And, you know, you, you talk about not rocking the boat, but what you're doing there is you're attempting to make progress in a very interesting, and let's just be frank, difficult um, suburban school system. First, right? absolutely. Right. So, you know, maybe if you don't know, I am surprised, but why don't you explain to our listeners a little bit about about what your district is made up of. Demographics? Yeah. Absolutely. So we have 10,000 great students here in New Britain. We have about 65% who are Latino. Uh, Many of those are second second language learners. We have about 15% uh, who identify as people of color, and the remainder are our white population. So it's a really diverse group. We have over 60 languages spoken right here in New Britain. 60 languages. Yeah. And how does, I mean, that has to have an impact on learning. I don't, you know, I'll give you, you know, my boyfriend, for example, came over from Poland when he was six, didn't speak a word of English. I mean, there's a learning curve there that people just really aren't taking consideration. What I think that they do is they take these, you know, these urban school districts and they paint them with a broad brush, not understanding how important it is for a superintendent like you, Nancy, Sarah, to be working behind the scenes, to build the systems, to build the infrastructure, to help each individual student, and you're talking about how many students in your district? 10,000. 10,000 students get what they need to enable to learn. Absolutely. And, you know, I, and one of, I think one of the things, too, is, and you said it, your, your, your husband or came over when he was six, but I, I, I'm hopeful that 
we see this wave now of recognizing that a second language is an asset. Absolutely. It is an asset, especially in this global economy and in the world. Uh, connectivity, students being able to, to speak multiple languages. And what we do know from research is a student, any, any student, adult or child, takes over seven years to acquire a language and be fluent. Then we're talking about sitting them down with a paper or with a computer and saying, now take this test. That's measuring how well you can comprehend, not in your native language, but in English. Which you haven't even captured yet. Correct. So, I mean, not everybody, and even if you are just English speaking, um, not everybody is a good tester. So to have these tests to really say this is if you're going to make it or not, and this is what your success rate is, and, and these are the statistics that go against your school system and so many other school systems out there. I'm sure you're not the only one dealing with the situation. No, and, so, and you know, I, I think part of it, and, and you're exactly right, and I'll say this as a parent now, as a grandparent, but as an educator, no no child, no adult should be defined by one metric, right? We, right. we cannot put a label on a student and say they are failing. You know, the mayor keeps saying we're dead last, we're failing, we're failing. We're not failing by multiple metrics. By the state assessments, we are. But that process that you talk about and what we've built over the last five years, our safety nets for students and data to support, they are making progress. Maybe they need a few extra years to make that progress. Mm -hmm. But again, if we look at it from an asset, from a strength based, they are very successful young men and women in our New Britain schools. Right. I can say our graduation rate in my five and a half years has gone up 68 to about 78, 79%. That is 11 percentage points. Not 11%, but percentage points. That is significant. That's huge. That's it is huge. huge. But nobody looks at the good stuff, right? No, they no, don't. Nobody looks at the metrics. Well, people are should... looking at a soundbite. Right. Everyone wants it to be, it's because of this. It's sexy. It's, That's right. It's a sexy soundbite. And, you know, I just hope folks out there listening, you know, when you when you do see and read things like this and about school systems, do your homework. You know, don't don't rely on those sound bites. And I got to give you a lot of credit, Nancy, because you have taken this fight head on. And I say that because just recently, NBC Nightly News calls up New Britain schools because of all this TikTok stuff and all this violence, right? Um, they need a superintendent to talk to them. My guess is, as a former reporter, they called probably 50 school superintendents who said, absolutely not, I don't want to be part of the story. Right. And you said, absolutely and, you know, when Ron Allen was walking out of your school and I, and I was there and I was talking to him, he said, boy, I really give Superintendent Sarah a lot of credit for speaking with me and being so open and honest and not sugarcoating things. I said, there's nothing here to sugarcoat. Right. She speaks from the heart and she speaks from experience. But, but here's, here's the takeaway that I keep trying to go back to a microphone about. Mm -hmm. Look at the strengths of our, of our students and it's unfortunate that even our local politicians aren't looking at the strengths. Mm -hmm. And okay. we're our best advocate, right? Mm -hmm. Or we can be the worst advocate. Sure. What's not popular to me or to my staff is local politicians coming out and saying we're dead last and, we, and we're not good. And the educators are walking around going, we are breaking our tails yeah. every single day. How, how does that help the problem? Oh, my. I can't even tell you. Just trying to, to uh, provide a salve. Right. And say, we know what we're doing is the right work and it is hard work, but there are so many successes. Do we have problems? And I will not sugarcoat no. those problems, but I will tell you, we're not alone. 
And it's not just urban centers. Right. Suburban and the rural areas are experiencing difficulties as well. So, you know, I also want to point out perception is reality, right? Yes. Yes. And um, how many people out there, how many of you people out there listening to this program, whether your parents, grandparents, whatever it is, how many of you actually, and I know we had COVID, but have walked into your school your kids' school classroom, in through the halls of the school, into into the board of ed meetings to see what's really going on. I don't. I think the answer is probably not many. And don't blame it on COVID because these board meetings and your kids were in school long before COVID. Uh, but I don't think that a lot of people know how much work it really is. And you know, everything now is a responsibility of educators. It's your responsibility to make these young people learn, be safe. You got to teach them about everything. And then of course you got to make sure they're successful when they graduate. That and, you know, um, again, when we hear from the parents at my level as superintendent or when the mayor hears from a parent, it's not usually to call up and say, hey, we're just thrilled with the schools, right? right? Right. So it's our job to consider, to correct that, to, to follow up with that problem that that parent's having. But to remember, that's one 5,000 parents. Mm -hmm. So let's put it in perspective there, first off, and not just come out and scream that our schools are horrible, that our schools are bad. Right. Right? And and my other is, you know, uh, when Dennis House came to visit and we walked through New Britain High School cafeteria, Mm -hmm. he walked out after saying, wow, that was really good. Yep. Because our kids are good. They are good. And they represent the nation's kids. They do. And there is... The other thing I think people don't always understand are the laws that protect every child. So an angry parent who maybe their child, something happened to their child, I get it. As a parent, you feel for your kid. Mm -hmm. But there are laws that protect all students. And there's a continuum that we follow to make sure that every student has the best space and place so they graduate. Right. So let's use that as an example for this this next discussion that I want to have with you. And if you're just tuning in, we're speaking with Nancy Sarah. She is the superintendent of New Britain Public Schools, Consolidated Schools. Um, and that is really, let's talk about that continuum that you have implemented, Nancy, over at all of your schools, right? Mm-hmm. So a kid gets in trouble. I remember back in the day, something bad happened in the hallways. This kid was, you know, security officer, suspension, you know, expelled, expulsion. expulsion. Right. And now you've got a continuum of care, if you will. Talk a little bit about why and how you've implemented that and more importantly, how it's working. Sure. So I'm really, really proud over the last five and a half years on our smaller communities, I call them. Um, We call them our unicorns in some respects, to make sure that the students who cannot be successful in a setting for whatever reason have somewhere else that they can go. That would be the the most restrictive, right? Right. And sometimes we have students who need even more than that, and that's when we'll consider an outplacement. But if it's a first time and a student has done something, while the family wants it to be an automatic suspension, an automatic expulsion, there's reasons There's reasons behind it. We have partnered with our mental health providers from the community. They are all in our buildings every day. That wasn't as a result of COVID. That was me coming in, having already very tight partnerships with, with our community partners who said, we want to be a part of the solution. Mm-hmm. Great. That's what is the best part of New Britain. Mm-hmm. So we also, I'll just give our high school, because the high school seems to be the flagship, right? right? Everyone looks to the high school. Yep. 
We have a student assistance center in place to handle all conflict resolution, all conflict, right, between students. Because are we really teaching them by suspending? Are we teaching by expelling? The data says no, we're not. So how do we teach someone who has a bad habit of, of being explosive or, or whatever the issue is? Our job is we are educators. That's the part we have to teach. It's not just the content. It's this. That's a huge shift for educators over the last 50, 60 years. To your point, Ann, you remember a school where you went in, a kid got in a fight, you were expelled, and that was it. You never saw the kid again. Right. Right? But the state has statute in place to protect those students, too, because there's something deeper going on with that child. And they've noticed over the years as urban centers, uh, we, we see these problems on every urban center. We just can't keep throwing students away. That's yep. not the answer. And so it's educating our families in town, making sure that their child feels safe and secure, but also the other child has a place and a space where they feel they can be their best. So, you know, we, we, we are partnering with Boys and Girls Club here in New Britain. We're partnering with Pathway Senderos and OIC. They have space. We have children. So even having an alternative setting for some of our students who cannot handle being in a large setting now, we could talk about, well, what happened 25, 30 years ago when we shut down our second high school? Why would we do that? So you think about the people who are in charge of making those kinds of decisions and what impact it's going to have 25 years down the line. So putting 2,500 students together in one building. It's unbelievable. It's right. And, and, then, and then prior to me coming on board, someone decided it was a good idea to close our third middle school. Now... When we know kids need more individual attention, we have them at eight and 900. So our elementary students leave our elementary schools, and they have to be ready to go to a school that's double in number, go through puberty at the same time, and we get upset when they have conflict. Right? It, it's, it's, uh, counter, it's, it's not logical. It isn't. It isn't. And, and you know, it's, it's interesting to me, too, that these problems, and I've been in New Britain with my business a long time, these aren't new problems. No. Um, this is something that's been going on for a long time here in New Britain. My kids, years ago when they were in elementary school, they went to New Britain schools. So I'm well aware of of how things were back then. And why do you think today everyone, not everyone, why do you think today that there are those folks that say it's your fault? It's your fault, Nancy. Because that's easy. And that's a quick soundbite, right, Ian? So if we're going to base everything on standard test scores, we've been failing from the state's eyes for the last 20 years. 20 years. That's former administ- uh, mayors in, in the town, uh, former board members who sat on the board through all of this. And why weren't they outraged then? So it's convenient. That's why, Ian. It's convenient. Because I'm a systems thinker. That is my job as a superintendent, not to respond and react to every little thing, but to look at the system, the current system, and say, where are there flaws where kids are going to fall through the cracks? Where are there flaws where we are spending money we don't need to be spending? So that's a journey I started six years ago. Right. The journey of that year one, let's just look. Let's be the, let's be the detectives and figure out where there are holes and ask the questions. Why do we have a contract with someone we've had a, well, for 40 years and, and not come back to the table to sharpen a pencil? Why have we done that? Why have we have a, have a facilities department where we've cut, 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 and cut and, and, and see it bleeding out and know why our facilities aren't clean? So when I tell you we spent a year doing that, not only that, but I went on a campaign trail and I met with over 150 community folks, uh, community, parents, 
teachers, you name it. And I said, okay, what is our biggest nut to crack? And let's, let's just develop the plan together. So we, we've been working on our five-year plan from 2016 to 2021. And I will tell you, we're not failing in that count. Right. And so when the t- when the test scores or those other scores start going up or as they are going up now for reading, it's because of the systems we are putting in place. The other thing, Anne, is everyone wants change now. Now. And again, I've explained this. I've explained this to the mayor. It is multi-layered. I was just right? going to say it, there is not one quick, quick fix. fix. And no. how easy it is to turn around and point your finger and say you're failing. But what's failing is our community is failing our children. Then, Right. I would think so. It's a well, community effort, is it not? We didn't give birth to the children that come to our door, but we are ready and willing to take every one of the gifts that they send to us. But we have to own this as a community. Right. It's it's not a school problem. It's counterproductive. It's counterproductive. It's exactly what But it's convenient. It's, it's convenient. Yeah, well, there you go. Now, you know, you, you sound like you're angry. You mad? Well, I'm quite passionate. I, I was just going to say, <laughs> I was going to say to our listeners, because, you know, if I was out there and I tuned in this show on the Sunday morning, I'd say... Man, she sounds angry. No. No. And I, I want to tell people, sitting across from you, Nancy, she's not angry. She's exactly what she just said she is. She's passionate. And, you know, there does come some anger, though, I think, from... Frustration. You know, frustra- I'm going to okay, say let's call it, That's a better word. Frustration over what you're up against and what so many school districts are up against. And, you know, you talk about retention of good people that are inside those schools helping you great and helping people. these great people. And then they have to uh, open up the newspaper or... or Turn on the TV and see, you know, how destructive some folks can be to what it is you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. That can't be easy. It's not. It's mostly it's frustrating because I've been trying to build a bridge, trying to work together, trying. And and I put more effort in than others, right? But then it gets thrown back at me that, well, look at that. Now we're failing and now I'm going to take over and we're going to. And it's insulting to my staff who have multiple degrees. And I'm not saying a degree makes you an expert. That is not the case. But I will say this to you, Ann. I'm 30 years in New Britain as an educator. I started as a paraeducator to a teacher, teacher to a coach, coach to a principal, principal to director, director to superintendent. And I say all of that because I've walked the walk yep. of the teacher. Mm-hmm. I was very successful as a teacher. And I thought, never give up this gig because it's the most impactful. Then I became a principal and I thought, whoa, that is impactful to change. Nowhere else would I have taken this job as superintendent, but my heart has been for 30 years to give back to a community that raised me and raised my own kids. And that's, that's why I took this job, because I said, through all those positions, I could see where there were cracks, mm-hmm. where we needed to improve. Right. So I find it frustrating now that politics is involved and why? where it should not be involved. And, and I'm coming off of a very high-functioning Board of Education um, that's now changed a bit. And, and, and that's frustrating. Mm-hmm. And I don't, ple- I don't believe that people out there realize what the obstacles are. You know, if you really looked at the time that a superintendent can actually be a superintendent and how much time is spent um, on other issues and other distractions and other things, as with teachers, I'm sure anybody in that profession, it's, it's not a, you know— what, eight to four, and then you're done. It's not an eight to four. And I, you know, I will, I find it interesting because they'll say a superintendent's expectancy, life expectancy as a superintendent is something like three or four years. And and you can see it because we get beaten down oh, yeah. daily. And 
you know, like anything, there's a bell curve, right? But but none of us took the position so we could just sit around and not work many hours. I promise you that. It's a 24-hour, it's a 24-hour-a-day job. Mm-hmm. It just is. And and for me, I, I breathe a sigh of relief when I know every kid is home, tucked in bed every night, and say another day where we were successful. People don't realize the pressure and stress. And I, I've got to speak on behalf of superintendents who work incredibly hard throughout our state to do it right. Um, I, you know, I want to bring this up, too. We, we are, because we're an opportunity district, you know, we have a lot of grant dollars. And thank God for the grant dollars, because truthfully, our MBR would not have taken us very far. So, um, you know, and if we are going to look at uh, the silver lining in, in COVID, was the recovery dollars that have come through, right? And what we're able to do. What were you able to do with those dollars? Oh, my goodness. Well, we're still doing, right? And so... We have hired over 250 additional staff to support our kids. We were very ready when the kids came back. We did not expect, right, the volume or the need. Um, and then we, we talk about this, the shortage in staff across, mm-hmm. across the state as well. Um, that we are, we are um, putting in the eSports Center at New Britain High School, which the kids are just crazy can't wait for this to start. I can't say I know much about that. I, I don't really know a lot, but they're really pumped, and I'm happy for them. It's those kinds of things. The Student Assistance Center in every building, we have we have created a more home-like environment for our kids. So I feel very, very proud of that. But the dollars that we've had over the last five years that we keep going out for, and I'll tell you, it's tough. When you're in a commissioner's network, it's tough. There's a lot of... Um, Competition for the dollars. Competition for the, and a lot of accountability, which you should be, yeah, right? Absolutely. When people give you money, you should be accountable. Sure. And it's never that I'm trying to shirk accountability. I'm not. We had a great meeting, our beginning of the year meeting, and it just happened like two weeks ago, where they, the state just said how far you've come, New Britain, in the five years that you've been here. It is amazing to see the systems and the structures you've put in place. Now, again, we talk about what's sexy, what sells, what's not. Mm-hmm. Nobody really cares about systems that we've put in place over the last six years until the scores start to go up at the state level. And does that always happen in a superintendent's tenure? It doesn't. But we don't go into it for that. We go in to repair and build a system that supports every kid. All right, we've just got a couple of minutes left. I want to ask you about what do you think about Governor Lamont with these uh, dollars that are coming in now, giving uh, school districts and actually the school children uh, input into where, into where those dollars are spent? I think it's great. The more t- the more you have kids' voices at the table, the better we're going to be. We we know this. I part of my five year plan for the next five years is talking to about seventy five high school students. Tell me what it is as a consumer, what you want, what you need. They know better than we do what they want and what they need, right? We just have to help them at times articulate it or, or decide. I think it's a great idea. So is there, we had a minute left. Anything else, any, any pieces of advice for our listeners, for other superintendents? You've already, you know, made it quite clear what, what a task and what a, what a job this is. And my, some people might be asking at the end of this conversation, why in the hell would anybody even take this job? Um, well, I think many of us ask that same question every day, but you look at the kids, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I, I just came from the high school before I came to see you, and it was about a, it was about kids and what we are doing. And when I walk out of there, I say, this is why I do it. When I talked to a mother earlier this morning and I say yes to this or no to this, she says, thank you so much for talking. You do it. You do it for the children. Mm-hmm. You do it for your city and trying to, to create 
students who grow to be young men and women who want to give back. Right, because we all know that our educational systems are the pillar of our community. It, so why We have to invest in well, them. Don't you think we should all work together towards that goal? I've been trying for five years. All right, well, we'll see what happens. Thank Nancy you. Sarah, uh, superintendent of New Britain Consolidated Schools, a very passionate, and let me tell you, she is passionate, good at what she does, and uh, I hope you all enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. Thank you so much for tuning in to this edition of News You Can Use. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.